0: Hey, my dear friends, welcome back. This is a time to listen to God's word again. And we are doing so great that we've come to the end, the landing of a wonderful series called Live Your Calling. I'm so glad that you stuck around with us. And I hope that the book is, how's the book going? Have you been reading the book? It's not too late to start now. Uh, the Purpose-Driven Life by Pastor Rick Warren, incredible book, life-changing book, all based on the Scriptures, leading you through a process of discovering your purpose for life. Don't forget to read that. And if you have been reading, I'd love to hear your stories. Okay, there's a there's a number on the screen. There's a there's an email. Just write in. Keep writing. Telling us about what God is doing and how God is moving in your heart and and, and revealing stuff to you. All right, let's invite our speaker for this morning. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the Holy Spirit that you give to us, to speak to us because you've created us just like yourself, as a person with communicable skills and the ability to relate. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you made us for yourself and that you want a relationship with us. Speak to us now. We are listening. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Live your calling. That's the series. And today we're in part six. We're at the end where we'll talk about the fifth purpose, the fifth and final purpose that the Bible very clearly reveals about us. Why God put us on earth. Now, in the history of man, uh, God's plan through history has been to gather the family together to love him and to live with him. God is a father. He has presented himself to us as a father and he wants his family with him and he wants his family to love him and to receive his love forever. I'm going to look down for a bit, but you can follow with me on the screen. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they, of course, hear about him unless somebody goes and tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them if they are not sent, if they are not commissioned, if they are not uh, encouraged to go out, if they are not mandated to go out? That is what the scripture means when they say how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So God has not only loved you. God has not only owned you and and, and restored you. He's not only forgiven you. He's not only shaped you for ministry. He's not only helped you to see your place and calling in his his family and in his life. But he is also now sending you and me. He's called us but he's also sending us. This sending is to get more of his family back. And every single one who has been called has also been sent. I'm going to say that again. And I want you to hear me carefully. Every single one who has been called has also been sent. And that is what we call the Great Commission. The Great Commission. See, my fifth purpose and calling in life is to bring others to God's family. Write that down if you've got your notes. There's a link at the bottom and you can download your notes real easy. To bring others into God's family. Look at what the scripture says. Through Christ, God made peace between us and himself. Then God gave us the work of bringing others into peace with him. I'm going to do that so slow that the lights come on. Through Christ, God made peace between us and himself. Got it. Then God gave us the work of bringing others into peace with him. We are not just called to be at peace with God. We're called to call others to peace with God. Jesus said, peace be with you. This Motive of peace. This this theme of peace has been a major thing because when you want a relationship to be restored, you have to make peace. Jesus said, "Peace be with you." As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Listen to what we call the peace plan, and we're going to break it up into P E A C E, so that it's easier to remember. The peace plan is basically, and I hope that you uh, you you'll repeat after me. Ordinary people, empowered by God, making a difference wherever they are. Shall we do that again? Can you say that with me? Ordinary people, empowered by God, making a difference wherever they are. Come on, say it with me. Don't be shy. Ordinary people, empowered by God, making a difference together wherever they are. Well done. Well done. See, God has given us such an incredible promise. Let me say what it is. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. You didn't come looking for me. I came looking for you. You didn't choose me. I chose you and I appointed you. Can you see that on your screens? And I appointed you to go and bear fruit. See, we are not only called, we are sent out and we are sent empowered. We're sent skilled. We're sent resourced. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit. What kind of fruit? Fruit that will last. Most of the things we do don't last through the month. Most of the things we build don't last forever. But God wants the outcome of your life to last forever. God wants to use you and do, and do things through you. God wants to bless you with a plan that will have Eternal benefits. Eternal benefits. Now there are several dimensions to this peace plan. One is personal. I, I, me, me. I personally do peace. I personally get involved. I personally bring people to Christ. I personally, uh, 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 you know, bring people back to the family. Tell people about the love of the Father. So my personal mission to the people in my own life, who I shake hands with, who I'm, I'm connected with, who I'm related with. The second is local peace. That's. When my little group in church or my little, I get a bunch of friends together and we say, you know what, this is what God has called us to do. Let's get out there and make this happen. And a few of us get together and we go a little further than just my home or my colony. And we go a little further and we try and reach people. We might even take a train trip. We might even take a bus trip over to another neighboring city or to another neighboring town. And we go and help people, get people out of their misery or get people out of poverty or get people out of addiction, help people, move people on. And we'll talk about what kind of peace things we could do. And the last and not least is the global peace mission, which is our church's mission entire around the world we are not alone we are not just our church but we the called believers we we the people of God we the disciples of Christ are a global entity we are in every nation tribe and kindred. we are all over the place and we are one body we are one family and that was God's plan all along so we along with others from all around the world we mobilize every member of the church to get involved with peace and do great great things for God, okay? So let's break this down. I want to break it down for you. I want to talk about what Christ's strategy was. And, 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 And Christ's strategy met five global problems. Five global problems. So Christ's ministry strategy, as he came, addressed and brought solution for five global problems. Let me tell you what those five global giants are, where every country suffers with this. Every, every nation, no matter how rich or how poor the country, no matter how big or how small the country, no matter how many people in that country, every country suffers with these five things. Number one is spiritual emptiness. Everybody's looking for the void in their heart to be filled. Everybody's looking for a connection to God. Everybody's looking to be broken out, to break out of this cycle of what they call uh, life. Everybody's looking, looking for forgiveness and a sense of emancipation from this burden of guilt. Everybody's looking for a spiritual filling. So, we, so spiritual emptiness is a huge problem all around the world. The second problem is self-centered leaders. You can go to any nation. You can go to any culture and you'll find leaders that are corrupt. Leaders that are self-motivated. Leaders that are self-centered. They serve only themselves self-centered leaders another problem we have is extreme poverty extreme poverty is is a cycle of injustice poverty is not just not having any money poverty is when nothing you make makes anything more poverty is when you get into the cycle of injustice where even the little you get is taken away from you the rich get richer the poor get poorer and there is this there's this curse upon a certain bunch of people where just they're just not able to break out of that And helping people with extreme poverty is one of the things Jesus came to do. And extreme poverty is a global, global problem. Then there's pandemic diseases, pandemic diseases. We are living right now in a time where every nation on earth, all right across the world, we have been plagued with a virus. And we have seen that over the years and the decades that there have been diseases all around the world. You know, For for a fact, there are diseases that don't need to exist. In some countries, they've been completely—they've uh, uh, com- been completely removed. They've been completely done away with. And yet, in other countries, it persists. Why? It's a global problem. It is a global problem. Last but not least, illiteracy and education—the lack of education. Not only are some children not afforded education, some children are denied education. Some genders are denied education. But little children, especially, and especially girl children, but. little children are denied the basic literacy and they grow up to to not be able to fight the cycle of injustice they grow up not being able to stand their ground or take care of themselves so what did jesus do to combat these five global giants these five global uh, problems number one jesus promoted reconciliation he said i have come to bring you back to the Father. He says, I have come that you may have life. He says, I am the light of the world. He said, those who believe in me will not walk in darkness. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. I will help you break free. I will give you life beyond. I have come that you may have eternal life and have it to the full. He said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. He says, no one knows the Father, but I can reveal the Father to you he's jesus went on and on trying to promote reconciliation between people and god and he says by coming to me and believing in me i can get you reconciled to god Then we have equipping servant leaders. Jesus went about constantly bringing about and and, and touching on what good leaders are. And throughout the New Testament, Jesus teaches about that. And he talks about servant leaders. And he he says, I haven't come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom. So we'll talk about that in just a bit. Then there's assisting the poor. He went about constantly assisting the poor. He was always caring for the poor. He cared for the sick. He went about healing people and getting people completely out of their illnesses. And finally, he said, let the little children come to me. He educated the next generation. He taught with simplicity. He, 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 he was concerned about every last person, even the woman at the well. So he promoted reconciliation that combats spiritual uh, emptiness. He equipped servant leaders that combats self-centered leadership. He assisted the poor that combats extreme poverty. He cared for the sick that combats pandemic diseases or global diseases and he educated the next generation that combats illiteracy and education. So that's the peace plan. P, promote. E, equip. A, assist. C, care. E, educate. P, E, A, C is the peace plan that Jesus has in his fivefold ministry of reaching the world for himself, for the father. Of getting people back look at what the scripture says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem that's here in Judea that's there in Samaria that's a little elsewhere and to the ends of the earth you'll be my witnesses where you belong where you don't belong you'll be my witnesses where you're liked where you're not liked you'll be my witnesses everywhere then he says go make disciples of all nations He didn't say start a religion. He didn't say make everybody into a Christian. He said go make disciples of Christ. And that's not just being a Christian. Today a lot of people are just traditional Christians. Namesake Christians. They are born into Christianity. Or they adopt Christianity for the the benefits. But the true motive of becoming a disciple is believing that Jesus is who he really is. That Jesus has come to save. That Jesus gives life. And he has the authority to forgive sins. And we come for the forgiveness. We come for the plan for our life. We come to him to be reconciled to the father. And he delivers. Oh boy, does he deliver. So my brother, my sister, my friend, you've been called. You've been shaped. You've been uh, been empowered. And you've been sent out. You've been called. You've been shaped. You've been empowered. And you've been sent out. Let's talk more. If that's who I am, then what am I supposed to do? If that's who I am, then what am I supposed to do? Here's four things God wants you to do. What does God want me to do? Note it down. Number one, pray that people will say yes to Jesus. Pray that people will say yes to Jesus because they're not choosing a religion. They're saying no to themselves. They're not choosing a religion. They're not choosing a lifestyle. They're not choosing just a, a, a philosophy. They're coming back to the father and everything within us wants to fight that until we come to terms and come in humility and repent and get back to the father. Jesus said there are so many people to harvest, but only a few workers to help harvest them. Pray to the Lord who owns the harvest. Wow. Pray to the Lord who owns the harvest that he will send out more workers to gather his harvest. What is the first thing you and I can do? We can pray. We can pray that people will say yes to Jesus because it's a heart issue. It's not a mental issue. It's not a religious issue. It's not a community issue. It's not a cultural issue. It's a heart issue. It's about sin. It's about forgiveness and it's about lordship. Pray that people will bend their hearts and mold their hearts towards Christ. Number two, the second thing we can do is give. We can give resources, we can give money, we can give contacts, we can give connections, we can give references, we can give to help others go. If we can't go, if we're stuck, if we're tied down in some possible way, in any possible way, we can get others to go because there are many people who wanna go. Because if you prayed that, that the father would send out people into the harvest, then he's probably gonna do that. And if they're ready to go, who's gonna let them go? Who's going to resource them? Who is going to, the vast majority that sit back should get behind the small minority that actually goes. We must support believers who go on trips like this so that we can make, so that we can work together with them in spreading the truth. Look at what Third John says. We must support believers who go on trips like this so that we can work together with them in, in spreading the truth. Look at one more verse where he says, freely you have received, freely give. Here's where you could show your generosity. Here's where you could show your gratitude. Lord, you've saved me. You've brought me into the family. I want the whole world to hear about it. If the least I can do is give, let me give. The third thing you can do is listen. Listen for his message to me. Listen for his message to me. If God is speaking to you, don't block your ears. If God wants you to go, don't block your ears. Then I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? and i and i and i said here i am send me he's talking to isaiah an old testament prophet he says i heard a voice the lord said who shall i send and who will go for me who will go on our behalf who'll stand in the gap isaiah's like i'm here lord send me most of us don't think we are qualified or we are called or we are or we are the right person but god makes us called he makes us the right person and he makes us the, uh, uh, he, he gives us the skills to be able to accomplish what he has called us to do. He will never leave us confused or embarrassed on the field. I repeat he will never leave us confused and embarrassed on the field. I've been in ministry for 28 years now and I have never looked back and said I wish I'd chosen something else because it is a joy to see people come back to, his, to their father. You're not bringing people into a, into a religion You're not changing their culture or their religion. You're bringing people who are sheep of the father, who is the shepherd, who are children of the father and they're lost. You're bringing them back to the father. People can say what they have to say. The truth is the truth. God loves them. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in the only begotten son will have eternal life and never perish never perish that's the heart of God the heart of God is that his people should never see darkness for eternity that they should come into his light that they should live with him forever break out of the cycle of injustice of poverty of sin of uh, selfishness and come to him if i'm going if he's going to speak to me i need to listen send us around the world with the news of your saving power and your eternal plan for all of mankind That's a beautiful psalm. It's a song in the middle of the Bible where the psalmist says, send us Lord around the world with the news of your saving power and your eternal plan for all of mankind. What's the fourth thing you and I can do? Go. We can actually go. Go where I can go. Now, if there's a place I can go, let me go. Let me take a trip. It doesn't have to be a life uh, decision. It can be a day or two. It can be a week. You can plan time in your year to just get out there and be involved in people's lives to be able to, through some project, get get alongside them shoulder to shoulder to tell them about the love of Jesus. Jesus said, go back home and tell people how much God has done for you. Go back home and tell people how much God has done for you. So the man went all over town telling how much Jesus had done for him. He had healed this guy and he said, you go tell others. When something has been done for you, go tell others about it. When you have received something, tell others about it. If you have come back to the family, tell others about it. If we are truly enjoying and loving what has happened to us, we will tell others about it. A Christian who doesn't tell others about Christ is not a christian i'm not saying he's a hypocrite i'm saying he hasn't really met christ you can't meet christ and not show off you can't meet christ and not tell the world about him you can't be experiencing the love and the presence and the forgiveness and the peace and the joy and the impetus and the and the and the, and the company of jesus christ and you can't be so blessed and shut up about it it's impossible That's the calling on our lives. Go to go. So we work at bringing others to Christ. Are you with me? We work at bringing others to Christ. God wants every last sheep back in the fold. You know what our prayer is? Lord, send me. Send me too. It's the hardest prayer you will ever pray. Coming back to God, that's tough, but it's not the toughest. Going out to tell others, making your life about other people uh, taking on the purpose of being sent being the sent one like Jesus is the greatest purpose of our life so as we close the series I want to encourage you I want to love on you and I want to I want to hug you with this truth that God has not only loved you with an everlasting love he's not only called you to belong to his family He's not only called you into a ministry together that as a body, as a sheep, as a a flock together, we can work together and we can grow one another and support one another. But he's also called us to go. Somebody right now is feeling it in their heart. And I know because one day he talked to me many years ago. He one day he talked to me. He said, will you go? Will you go? Will you put your dreams on the line? Would you put everything on the, on the back burner for me? Would you go? And I said, Lord, what about me? What, what about my dreams? He says, what about it? There are people who need to come back to God the Father. There are people who are carrying a burden of sin and guilt. There are people who don't know that there is an answer to, to the loss of peace in their life. There's healing for their mind. There's healing for their body. There's healing for their heart. There are people who are struggling in, 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 in relationships that are hurting. There are those who are are, are being who are on the receiving end of really bad treatment. Who are being abused and misused. And they need to grab the hand of the Savior. So Jesus can save them. Who will tell them? Who will go for me? Who will stand in the gap for me? Many years ago, I said to Jesus, Lord, I'm not the brightest guy on the block, but I'll do it. You tell me I'll do it. And today, after 27 years, I'm telling you, will you go? Will you go? Jesus left heaven to come to earth. Will you get out of your house for him? What, would, what, what are you ready to do for him, for the one who has done everything for you? On that note, bow your head with me in prayer and say, Lord, if I'm the one you want to send, I'm ready. I'll never be all ready, but I'll be always available. And if you want me to go, just point the direction and I'll go, Lord. I want to make my life about people hearing you and finding you. I want to make my life about People finding the joy and forgiveness that is available in Jesus Christ. I want my life to be for the glory and only for the glory of the one who loved me and died for me. My life for Jesus because he gave his life for me. I love him because he first loved me. If you've made a decision or you're thinking more about this or you've got questions, come on write to me there's a number on the screen there's a there's an email write to me talk to me let's talk because until we get together and we make plans and strategize we never want to get out there and tell them the good news so join me I'm Jeremy Dawson and if you liked what you just saw, if it was a blessing, then hit the subscribe button. Come on, you could do it. Hit the subscribe button, uh, hit the bell so that we know you want to hear from us. Lots of videos coming your way, songs, worship, encouragement. Come on, subscribe. Let's take this forward and share with somebody you might know, write a comment in the section below. But let's see you guys again. Come on, subscribe.